right. Well, does uh, can anyone tell me what HBF's mission statement is? How's that? Say it nice and loud. Equip. Equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Except the uh, equip the saints of God and the word of God to accomplish the mission, God and the power of God for the glory of God. Sometimes people add that. Um, so uh, that's HBF's mission statement. It comes out of uh, that's Second Peter three sixteen and seventeen there, where uh, we're to be. Uh, Perfectly furnished unto all good uh, man, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So, anyway, uh, the word furnish, he 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 uh, exchanges that with equipping the saints of God. So, uh, that's our mission statement. Now, uh, my brother, my brother pastored a church for a while, and their mission statement uh, it was it kind of had three th- three things, and uh, I really like it. It was to evangelize the sinner. It was to edify the saint, and it was to exalt the Savior. So three E words and three S words. Evangelize the sinner, edify the saint, exalt the Savior. And uh, I, I don't know about you guys. I mean, when I come to church, I, I come uh, not only to maybe minister to others, but I, I want to learn, uh, the Bible says, to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we want to gain grace, we want to gain knowledge, but I, I guess this morning I just wanted to encourage people. And uh, uh, I honestly don't remember who the speaker was. I, I want to say it was... Uh, well, I won't even say who it was, but we had a speaker here once that w- when I came here, I, you know, I was down for whatever reason. And the thing that encouraged me most is he, the whole sermon was just about God. I needed to hear about God. how Because, uh, you know, um, Colossians 3, uh, verse 2 is where it says to set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. And I don't know. So that's what I want to do today. I want to just set our affection on things above. You know, the stock market is crashing. Jobs are, you know, closing. Roads may close. You know, we're. uh, (laughs) I think God's given us uh, maybe a uh, illustration of what the tribulation may be like. Amen. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so this morning, let's just exalt the Savior. We're going to talk about the name of Christ today. And uh, we, I think everyone in here knows the Lord, but let's let's know Him more. He says that we should learn of Him. And so, uh, if you've got a handout, does everybody have a handout? Or uh, Tom, did you get one, brother? You might grab one there. Uh, <clears throat> so. I didn't say hi to everybody. So our uh, our thesis or our goal today is to exalt the name of the Lord together. <clears throat> and uh, my theme verse here is from Psalm 34, 3. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. So we want to... Uh, everybody has used a magnifying glass. Uh, at my company, we have uh, some microscopes in our laboratories, and uh, I was in a lab where there's two or three of them lined up yesterday, uh, Friday, 
and uh, I was doing some work on the counter, and I accidentally turned one of them on. Some of them have a light under it, so you can kind of see through whatever you're... But uh, the goal of a microscope is to make something small look bigger, or at least so you can see it in perspective. And, and you even think of a telescope as a way to... Those tiny little stars or planets, you can bring up closer and and magnify it. And so, if if we just take the name of Jesus and and look at it from all these facets and just make it bigger, and I gave you a definition of uh, just a name. Uh, it's a word by which a person or a thing is known, and that that's uh, sounds kind of silly or maybe too simple, but. Uh, we want to know about the name of Christ. This, he's, he's a person. Jesus is not a force. He's not, uh, you know, some imaginary uh, person. He, he's a real person. He's, he's alive. The Bible says he's at the right hand of God. Uh, God is every place, but Jesus is uh, in one place at one time, and he is at the right hand of God uh, sitting on the throne. And it always uh, it always amazed me when we study the tabernacle or the temple. If you uh, remember the Ark of the Covenant, on top of it was a mercy seat, and uh, at each side was uh, cherubims. And uh, that that mercy seat that it's uh, it was a sp- it was a span and a half or uh, a cubit and a half. It's about 42 inches, or two and a half cubits. Is what, it's enough for two people to sit down. That's my point. And so I believe that that mercy seat on top of the Ark of the Covenant uh, represents the throne in heaven where God and His Son sit, and uh, they are uh, governing the universe from there. And so that he, He's a person. He's real. And so, uh, what do you think goes in that next blank there? The definition of magnify is to make what? Larger. Larger? That's a good guess. It means to make great. It make, to make great. To, to make bigger, to make great. And so we want to magnify or exalt. Now, does anybody from Life Issues remember what we said uh, to glorify? It's real similar to magnify, exalt, and glorify. Do you remember what we said? Uh, when we glorify God, it makes Him look what? Good. It makes Him look good. Well, it directs Him into the light. It, yeah. And puts our attention on Him. Yes. So we want to glorify the Lord. We want to make Him look good. We, we want to make Him uh, look bigger. and uh, So that's what we're doing here. And uh, I gave you just one more blank there at the first. All the prophets gave witness of this one who remits sin, sins through belief in his name. So the word belief went in your blank. And uh, somebody just read that verse there that I've got printed. It's in Acts 10.4. Who's got that? I just want to read it. To him give all the prophets prophets witness that through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive the mission of sins. Right, and uh, you know, when uh, when I was first saved in uh, 1992, it was uh, 28 years ago this last week or two, uh, March 13th of 92, uh, and my wife and I began going uh, to the Kansas City Baptist Temple. We we were hearing uh, more about salvation the right way. And uh, I remember her talking to her friend and sharing the verse. Uh, 
<clears throat> Romans 10, 13. Uh, oh my goodness. Yeah, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Yeah, thank you. And uh, so she was telling that to her friend, and she says, her friend says, that's too simple. I mean, we came from a church to say, you know, you have to repent, you have to believe, you have to confess, you have to be baptized, and then you have to keep obeying the word, of, you know, you have to keep obeying. So they they add in baptism is, uh, is essential for salvation. And so she said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That, that's too easy. And yet it is. He made it available to the soldier in the foxhole, to the person on their deathbed in the hospital, to uh, the inmate that's locked up. All these people don't really... In fact, she used to read uh, the Jeanette Oak series where this Christian in Canada, the waters were frozen on the lakes. They only baptized like every spring. They would have baptism when the waters weren't frozen. So there's all these scenarios around the world where you can't really physically get baptized, but everybody can get saved. You can call upon the name of the Lord wherever you're at, and you can know that you know that you know. Uh, The Bible says you can know that you have eternal life uh, through belief in His name. And so, uh, regardless of, uh, you know, that's actually one of my goals in life, is to be a great believer. Uh, There's things in the Bible that are maybe... uh, you can understand, but it's hard to believe, I guess. So sometimes, you know, the, the guy that came to Jesus said, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. We we all have areas where we have doubts. And and so we really need to purpose in our heart not to, not to ever doubt God. Because we don't know what God's doing right now in our nation. But uh, I, I do know this. One thing I was thinking of this morning, do you know the, the Passover, the Jewish Passover is coming up the 8th of April? And so there's just things escalating in our world, and God's orchestrating some things, and He's closing some things down. And uh, what it does is, it may not change your belief, but it forces you to think what you do believe, and uh, and that'll be manifest during this time. So, um, I've got a list of things that just talk about the name of the Lord. We're talking about the name of the Lord. <laughs> In uh, Luke 24 there, it says that the disciples preached in his name. They, they were actually uh, persecuted uh, for, the, you know, they were asked to quit preaching in his name. It says that we become a son of God by believing in his name. Let's all look at the John 1. Let's all look at John chapter 1 in our Bibles. I printed some of these verses and some of them I did not. John chapter 1. And do uh, you have it, uh, Connie? Yeah. What you read? John 1 and uh, verse 12. But as many as received him, for them gave you power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. Amen. 
we become sons of God. Uh, and Galatians says that we are all children of God uh, through faith in Him. So we have faith, and this says the word believe. And so uh, faith and belief uh, are synonymous here. Uh, uh, Zach, do you have that next one, uh, 2, 2.23? Are you in John? Let's all look at John 2 and 23. Again, we're talking about the name of Christ. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, in the feast day, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. All right, and uh, read the next couple verses. Read through the end of that chapter, would you? But Jesus did not commit himself unto them, because he knew all men, and he needed not that any should despise man, for he knew what was in man. And so uh, th- that's an interesting statement there that uh, they believed in him because they saw his miracles. And so there were some that were drawn to him kind of for what they could get, right? They're, they either want to be fed, they want uh, their sick relative to be healed. Uh, but it says Jesus didn't commit himself to him. So uh, everyone that came in this class this morning, you can believe that these chairs will hold you. But until you actually sit on and you trust them to hold you, there's, so there's a difference between believing in something and believing on something, right? If that makes sense. And uh, so we, we all should believe, we all should play, we, we should believe in, but we should all, the Bible says that the devils believe and they fear and tremble. So uh, the devils are not saved just because they believe, uh, but they, they haven't trusted on the Lord. So... Anyway, that's how we become sons of God, by believing uh, in and on Him. And then it says we pray in His name. Let's look at John uh, 14. We pray. Uh, when we pray to the Lord, we pray to God, We uh, Jesus intercedes for us. John fourteen thirteen. Pat Lee, you got that one? Sure. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. Yeah, and the next verse, if ye, if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. And so, uh, that's huge, isn't it? We, when we ask the Lord, we, we pray to Him, we're depending on... The, the Bible says that we make our supplications. Supplications mean we're asking Him to supply something for us. And uh, if, if we do according to His will and we, we ask in His name, we pray in His name, He promises to do it. And His answers are yes or no or maybe not yet. That Those are His answers. And so He, he uh, promises uh, to answer. Look at uh, John uh, 16.23, just another page over. Uh, Angie, you got that one, 16.23? And in that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. So we're, we're, we're asking the Father, but it's in the... So uh, I'm going to try to draw on the board, see if this is long enough. But uh, if we've got uh, God and Jesus, they're sitting on the mercy seat... And we're going to put Jesus here because that would be at God's right hand. 
And uh, we got you and me, brother. Uh, and we, when we, when we pray to God, our prayers uh, are. And, and if we've got the if we've got the Holy Holy Spirit, I'll just put Holy Spirit. So uh, God and Jesus, they dwell in us through the Holy Ghost. That's the the third part of the Trinity. And so when we pray, uh, we don't pray to a saint, we don't pray to uh, Mary, we pray to God, and it's uh, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so it says that uh, His Spirit makes utterances. Uh, you know, the Bible says we don't know how to pray as we ought, right? Uh, none of us here really know how to pray as we are. So, you know, uh, when when Kaylee's praying for her husband's cancer, uh, she's saved and she believes that her husband is not yet a believer, by the way. And uh, uh, the Holy Spirit is using that, hopefully, to draw Joey to himself. And so Kaylee may not say I want my husband to be saved I'm helping his cancer but God's using that and orchestrating that and the Holy Spirit is making those utterances when we pray to God through Jesus Christ and these uh, are things that we know and it's it's really wonderful to think about the logistics of how that works isn't it And I mean if he's in the third heaven which is billions or trillions of light years away but he hears it you know just the timing and there's all these people across the earth that pray to him right now and how he can hear. I mean, he's infinite, so we can't even think about infinite or infinity or eternity. And those are just... Uh, but uh, how he hears and answers in time and in his time and individually and just really... Uh, it's just really wonderful to think how this whole prayer in the spiritual realm works. Um there, there is a, you know, Paul. It's in the Ephesians three eighteen. He, he, he talks about the height, the width, the depth, and the breadth. He, he talks about four dimensions. We think in three dimensions. Something has, you know, height and width and depth. But uh, Paul just adds a fourth dimension. I mean, there's another dimension that that we don't see. It's that spiritual dimension, and uh, that that's what we're talking about here. And uh, so we believe it by faith. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. Uh, the disciples were persecuted. Uh, look at John fifteen twenty one. We're, we're right here. And uh, Sherry, do you have that one? John fifteen twenty one. Uh, did I say that? But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake. Because they know not him that sent me. So people are being persecuted because they know not the Lord, uh, but they're persecuted for Christ's namesake. And uh, some of that's. I've even heard from uh, you know fairly main news news streams that Christianity is the most persecuted religion uh, on the earth, and so that that doesn't surprise us. And uh, you know, I, I heard a quote from Billy Graham the other day, and uh, we probably don't want to hear this, but Billy Graham said, 
he said, if God does not judge America, yeah. he owes an apology to Sodom and Gomorrah. Wow. We, we, we think of Sodom and Gomorrah, how wicked they were. And Billy Graham, you know, died maybe four or five years ago now. And uh, when he was still preaching, so say 10 years ago, he, he said that. He just seen the corruption, the, the moral decay of our nation. Uh, whatever he saw, he just said, if God does not judge America, uh, he owes an apology to Sodom and Gomorrah. So uh, that, that's pretty heavy. So uh, we may face persecution in order to bring about a revival. So uh, my next point's there. Uh, we are preserved by his name. Uh, we have life through his name. If you look at the very last, uh, at the bottom of the page, I printed that verse. It says uh, in John twenty thirty one. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. So we have life through his name. And uh, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That, that was the... Uh, <clears throat> when we went to uh, London, England, uh, we did evangelism trip there. I went, I think it was 2013. And uh, uh, we, we were just to ask uh, people on the street, who do, you, who do you believe Jesus is or was? And we would get many answers. And uh, our reply, no matter what people said, who do you believe Jesus is, our reply was always to be, well, that's interesting, but can I show you what the Bible says? And we would show him John fourteen six, uh, where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. And we, we would talk about how he is the way. To the Father, He's the truth from the Word of God, and He's the life. He can give you eternal life, and so, uh, so we would we we we, all, we had kind of a planned uh, thing to share with people uh, as we would talk to them on the street, and we we did have a a girl a girl and her uh, fiance, uh, they came to salvation through that. And uh, they they began uh, attending Brian's church there in, in London, England. So, so these things work. Now let's all look at uh, Acts three six, where the the decide, uh, Let's see if anybody can guess what goes in our blank. We we've got. Uh, we're going to bribe you to answer correctly. Right. <laughs> Acts three six. Uh, who wants to read that? Mark, have you you got it, brother? And Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And uh, jump down to verse 16 and read that also. In his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know, ye, yea, the faith which is in which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of the Lord. So, so what did the disciples do to help? Uh, what did God do through the disciples? What, what was this that happened to this man that was healed? It's a miracle. That's the that goes in your blank. Uh, so yeah, if, if you can. Uh, <clears throat> 
it's been a while, but uh, a lot of when we used to rent movies uh, on the DVD, a lot of time they would have, uh, you know, you could watch the movie or you could see behind the scenes or uh, director's cut, director's cut, or uh, gag rule. Huh? The gag reel. Oh, yeah. The guide reel? Gags. Gag reel. Oh, gag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bloopers type of thing. Yeah. And uh, sometimes they would show how they would do stunts, right? Uh, you know, you see this guy hit somebody and he goes clear across the room or whatever. Uh, well, once you've seen how they did it, you thought, well, that's, you know... That's kind of a doubt, you know. You thought this guy was, you know, Captain America, or you thought he was, you know, whatever superhero he was playing, and now Iron Man is reduced to special effects, right? But miracles are like the opposite of that. Because if we could if we could get if we could see a video of how Jesus cursed the fig tree and that fig tree withered if we could see how, you know, the nutrients or it was dried up or if we could watch how Jesus healed this withered man's hand and that's a miracle, right? It, it's beyond science. It's beyond, I mean, this guy was healed. This lame man, he, he couldn't walk and now he can walk. It's a miracle. And so uh, it wasn't special effects. And uh, Jesus was a man, but he was also God. He's, you got to get this uh, dual, dual uh, personality that he is. He was 100% man, 100% God. And he performed, uh, uh, these disciples performed miracles through Jesus' name. And so that's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it's a powerful name. That's what we're doing. It's we're magnifying, we're glorifying the Lord, and uh, His name is powerful. Uh, demons were cast out in His name, and uh, we we actually when I was in Israel uh, late November, early December of last year, uh, we went to the place where they believe that Jesus cast out the demons the legion into the swine and uh, there's a little I bet it was at least 50 to 100 feet up uh, where there was a little it looked like maybe where and it, and it was almost a sheer cliff you, you couldn't have climbed up it without a rope or something and uh, it was maybe a quarter mile from the Sea of Galilee but there was kind of something at the bottom where they there could have been water there that they could have drowned in, or it could have been a quarter mile away. But it it was uh, called Kersey. I don't know if you want. To, it started with a K, K I R, something. If you want to Google that, but uh, they think that's where Jesus and uh, so he Jesus is able to cast out demonic uh, demons, and uh, demons are uh, disembodied spirits that uh, are seeking bodies to. Uh, manifest themselves in and so uh, do you know uh, I've heard this and I believe it to be true I mean we don't see maybe a lot of demon activity in our world on a daily basis I I, I suspect they're there you know but it was very 
you know, numerous times in the New Testament at his first coming. And so it's very likely at his second coming there'll be a heightened demonic activity. And uh, so so we, we, we believe that. And, uh, and uh, we're probably seeing uh, more of it than, than uh, we realize. Now look at John 3, and this is a very uh, sobering uh, passage. John 3, and this is part of the why reason for... um, This is part of the why reason for missions. So John 3, and uh, let's have... uh, Let's have Pat. Would, would you read uh, sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen? Okay. Says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He that believeth on Him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And so verse 18 there just he that believeth on him is not condemned but he that believeth not is condemned already and that's pretty powerful words that we think of all the people who maybe haven't heard the gospel or of Jesus but if if they don't believe on him they're condemned already and so it behooves us to go and share the gospel that that's the point here is to uh preach in his name and pray in his name and uh, tell others about him because those that don't believe they are condemned and that that's that's really a, a legal term you know we, in, in the courtroom uh, you're innocent or guilty but if you're found guilty then you're condemned you're you're sentenced to some type of judgment and so condemn condemnation is kind of a legal term and uh, anyway uh not and, and you can see kind of the difference between what the Pat read. Uh, those that believe in Him should not perish, uh, but then they believe on Him. So that in and on is right there in those verses that we talked about a minute ago. Uh, <clears throat> at the judgment, every knee shall bow at the name of Jesus. L- let's all let's all look at that one. Uh, there's one in Philippians. And I think there's one in Romans 10. And let's look at Philippians 2. And I'll let uh, Jim read this one. Philippians 2, 10. 2, 10. All right, Philippians 2, 10. That the name of Jesus, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the sun or under the under the air. Wow, I botched that up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jim, when do you think that happens? It, I mean, every knee. Uh, that will be at the great white throne. Okay. You think that's when the unsaved dead will be risen along with the church that's already been to the, the wedding. And the, ah. So that's at the very end when the, at the great white Okay. Throne, everybody will bow. And the one in Romans that says that, that's more for the Christian. Is that right? Uh, Romans where? Is it Romans 10? I want to say Romans 10. Yeah, that's why it doesn't see the 
I'm gonna get over there and look. Yeah, I don't. I don't have it on my handout. No. Let me look that up real quick. No, First Corinthians three ten, I believe, is the key verse on the wrap. On the it doesn't see the price. There's another one that says every knee should bow. Is that it? Let me look it up real quick. Oh yeah. Uh, it's Romans fourteen eleven. That's the one I was thinking of. Romans fourteen eleven. What were you guys talking about, Connie? Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Gold, silver, precious jewels, and what they are. That is, yeah. Broken down a little And you'll get that at uh, at the end of your discipleship. Uh, the judgment, uh, the lesson sixteen, is about the judgment seat of Christ. <laughs> so it'll cover First Corinthians three and. But yeah, so Romans uh, 14.11 says, For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. And, you know, it. Uh, the thing I was getting at, I don't know if you guys remember the commercial. Zach, you're probably too young, but it... <laughs> It was the mechanic about changing your oil. He's like, you know, you can pay me now or you can pay me later. You can change your oil now or replace your motor later type of thing. And uh, so with with the Lord, uh, we we should bow our knee now and invite him into our life. Or like Jim said, uh, for the lost, if you don't bow your knee now, you're going to bow it later as your judge, you know. J- accept him now as your savior or accept him then as your judge. And So uh, anyway, uh, so these are sobering things. Uh, my next point there was that Paul was ready to die for his name. Uh, the next one, we are justified by the name of Jesus. And then it says we baptize believers in Jesus' name. Let's all look at the uh, Matthew 28. This is part of the Great Commission. And uh, Kaylee, I may let you read that if you don't mind. Let's all look at Matthew 28. It's the last chapter of Matthew. Because there's something here that that I noticed uh, even before somebody told me. But let's look at Matthew 28 and and actually the last three verses, if you would. 18, 19, and 20. It's all right. That's all right. We'll we'll read it. I like your tabs on your Bible. (laughs) Well, go, go to the one that says Acts and go back a page. Yeah, Mark. Or no, yeah, Mark, I guess it is. <laughs> I told you wrong. <laughs> so yeah, the last three verses of Matthew 28. <clears throat> yeah. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. So teaching them to obey everything I command you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Uh, and, and notice that was a singular. <clears throat> baptizing them in the name, singular, of, of the Father and the Son and the Holy, and the Holy Spirit, uh, the Holy Ghost, it says. So, uh, anyway, so, so, so think about that for just a minute. Uh, we baptize people in, in the name, and, and we even say that, and we, we, we try to uh, use this in our observing the baptism ordinance of baptism. You know, I, I now baptize you, my brother, my sister, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, baptized in the likeness of Jesus' death, raised again in the likeness of His glorious resurrection. So we, we try to model the Scripture and what actually happened with the Lord when we baptize people. And uh, uh, think, think about this for just a minute. Let, let's all go to Genesis. We can all find uh, Genesis chapter 5. There's something here that... Let's see... Uh, Mark, what was uh, what was Gina's maiden name? Um. <laughs> <laughs> With a W, Wagner. 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 Okay. Well, look here at uh, Genesis chapter five. In fact, I'll let you read this, Mark, if you would. Uh, it's. Um, just read 1 and 2, uh, Genesis 5, verses 1 and 2. This is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God, made he him. Male and female created he them, and blessed them, and called their name Adam. The day when they were created. So he called their name Adam. He said male and female, he created them, but he called their name Adam because they they became one, right? That That's uh, in our HBI class, we say that's the goal of marriage is to become one. You become one, you know, in, uh, in, in, in finances, one in uh, life, one in, uh, you know, finances and whatever. But... Uh, so when when we become Christians, when we get saved, we become Christians. So now God identifies, uh, you know, when, when Tom got saved, uh, he's now Tom the Christian. You're you're a child of His, and you get called by His name. He, he doesn't become, uh, you know, uh, Mark didn't become Mark Wegener. Uh, Gina became Gina Brizendine. She took his name. So the bride takes the man's name, and uh, it's it's because of this biblical reason. Now, now look at Exodus 20, and think about this. Exodus 20, and this should uh, resonate with all of us. Exodus chapter 20. And, and uh, I'll read this one. It's verse 7. Th- this is the, 
the Ten Commandments, Exodus 20, verse 7, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. And we, we usually associate taking God's name in vain as cursing, you know, uh, you know, we're we're trying to show somebody how mad we are. We add this power like, you know, Jesus Christ this or God blank that, right? And so we, and that is kind of taking God's name in vain. But when we get when we accept Christ, we take His name. We become Christians. We become sons of God. We we read that. So here's the question are we taking his name in vain is that just empty is that just something we decided to do one day and uh, you see what I'm saying yeah. you can take it in vain and it, it can be empty or nothing to you right you don't have to be cursing to take his name in vain but you can be living like the world and in essence that's taking his name in vain isn't it yeah. what good did it do you to take God's name in vain and then go live like the world yeah. That's vanity. And so uh, there's something about his name, and that's what we're talking today. And so uh, what do you think is in this next blank? Uh, we have blank through his name, and uh, I've got the verse printed, uh, Acts 4.12. Uh, uh, Tom, do you want to read that? You're, you got your paper. It's on your paper, Acts 4.12. It's like the second one down from the bottom. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under the heaven given among men where we must be saved. So what do you think goes in the blank there? We have blank through his name. Saved. We are saved through his name or salvation. you got to take your candy, man. <laughs> so we have salvation through his name. And uh, I gave you the verse right above where Tom read there. Uh, that verse says, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So what do you think uh, the word Jesus means? Savior. Yep. The, just the uh, th- that's what Gabriel told Mary and also uh, if you read in Matthew 1 it was actually uh, uh, Joseph that named Jesus I think it was Gabriel told uh, Joseph to name uh, Mary's uh, unborn child you're going to name him Jesus well, why? for he shall save his people from their sins and that's a good definition of uh, 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 you know, if if you ask somebody why they're saved, uh, do, do you know that uh, Romans says uh, that you're saved from the wrath to come? So if you're saved, you know, if, if somebody was to ask you, why are you saved? Well, you're saved from the wrath to come. You, you don't have to be judged or condemned or be punished for our sins because we're saved. We're forgiven. And so that's that's what even saved means. It means saved from the wrath to come. So uh, any, any other uh, thoughts? Uh, I've got uh, a verse down there that I really like, the Proverbs 18.10. 
The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. And so, do you, do you, do you like that one too, Connie? Uh, I guess I feel like right now with this this uh, storms of life, I feel like I'm in the eye of that. I feel a calm. I feel safe. And I feel like running into the name of the Lord is that tower that's going to protect you from everything that's going on. And so, uh, kind of like an eagle's wing that we get to be under that. Yeah. Protected from the storms that are going on. Around. Yeah. That's good. So, uh, we're going to say something, Zach? Or you just, okay. Well, uh, turn on the back side. Let, let me. Uh, uh, everybody be turning to uh, Proverbs 22. So when I get done reading this, I'm going to look at Proverbs 22. So let's all look at Proverbs 22, and then uh, we're going to read this together. I want you to see some. I, I read uh, Proverbs 22. Today's March 22nd, so I read Proverbs 22 this morning. Uh, if I can find Proverbs. Okay. So, uh, excuse me. It's hard to find a good list of the names of Jesus because some of his names are like a title. Like he's our high priest. Well, that's not exactly his name, but he's called our high priest. So that could be in the list of his name, but it's more of a title. And some of the things, he, he's our savior, but that's, I guess it might be his name, but it's kind of his role. He That's what he does. He saves us. And so uh, I, I just wrote down here, and I underlined uh, some of the names of Christ. I did this a few years ago. Uh, it was it was good. It was good for me. And so I just want to read through these as we exalt the name of the Lord together. So everybody, if you can, just look at our uh, handout. And if you're watching uh, on Facebook, uh, I can get this to you if I have your email. But uh, I'll just read this. Ever wonder how many times? Nope. Ever wonder how many names, titles, roles, and prophetic descriptions are used in the scriptures to describe Jesus? Although it is difficult to count them all, the King James Bible uses approximately 163 different names and over 112 extensions or variations of those names. For example, in John 1 1. calls Jesus the Word. The Revelation 19 calls Him the Word of God. That's an extension. He's the Word and He's the Word of God. John, 1 John 1, 1 calls Him the Word of Life. Jesus is not just bread. He is living bread and the bread of life. Jesus is not just light. He is the light everlasting. He's the light of the Gentiles and the light of the world. He is not just Lord. He is the Lord from heaven, the Lord of all, the Lord of glory, and the Lord of lords, the Lord of the Sabbath. Matthew 12 calls Him the Lord God Almighty, and He wants to be our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus was a carpenter. He is the door, and He wants to be our hope. John called him the Lamb of God. He is our judge and will soon be crowned king. 
He was Emmanuel. He is the bright and morning star. And he wants to be the captain of our salvation. He was the first begotten of of the dead. He is our advocate. That's like a lawyer. He wants to be the firstborn among many brethren. He was a servant. He is the bridegroom. And he wants to be our redeemer. Jesus was called a friend of publicans and sinners. He is that friend that sticketh closer than a brother from Proverbs. And he wants to call us friends if we'll obey his commands. He was the lawgiver. And he is the great physician. And he wants to be our deliverer. I like that one. Jesus was and is God. He is the gift of God. And he wants to be our unspeakable gift. Jesus was a rock of offense. He is the chief cornerstone. And he wants to be the rock of our salvation. Of his uh, salvation. Jesus is the chief shepherd. The holy one. The I am. The morning star. And wants to be our high priest. And governor. He is the line of the tribe of Judah. The foundation. A sure foundation. The wisdom of God. And wants to be our master. Jesus is not only the prophesied branch, he is the true vine, the day star, my beloved, and wants to be our Passover. The Song of Solomon prophetically calls Jesus altogether lovely, the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys, the uh, as well as the chiefest among ten thousand. Jesus is prophesied as the Lord's anointed, which means Messiah, similar to the New Testament name of Christ. Prophetically speaking, Jesus is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, and he wants to be the author and finisher of our faith. Prophetically speaking, his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. But practically, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Friend, would you come to the Father by believing on this life-giving name and let him be the propitiation or the appeasing of your sins. And so, uh, there's a... a couple dozen there anyway so that's that's sweet isn't it and uh, you know I decided to teach on the name of the Lord one day last week uh, but look at Proverbs 22 1 and look at this the very first verse a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor than silver and gold and uh, friends today we may not have a lot of silver and gold, but we can choose a good name. We can be called Christian. It's it's a persecuted name. It's a despised name by some, but uh, we can choose Christ. We can choose to have a good name, regardless of our upbringing, regardless of our status in life, regardless of our gender, and regardless of our education or our job. We can choose a good name, and it's better than silver or gold. And uh, we can know that we know. So let's. Uh, that, that was just kind of my confirmation. When I read that this morning. It's like, okay, I'm on track. I'm, I'm talking about a good name this morning, and uh, it's the name of the Lord. So uh, hopefully you can uh, dial in next week. I'm going to go ahead and shut the recorder off. I think. Uh, is there any? Uh, we're going to pray for Dottie here in just a minute. <clears throat>